All right, everybody. Well, welcome to the very first episode of the Fantasy What podcast. My name is Jonathan Sousa. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore T underscore Sousa. And I'm joined by a really good friend of mine. I'd never spoken to him, never heard his voice until this night, but I feel like he is one of my uh, really good friends, despite that fact. Mr. Ben Wexelman. Ben, how's it going, buddy? It's going well, thanks. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, you speak with people in, uh, in Slack chat and whatnot uh, quite frequently, but, you know, getting to, getting to talk to one another, uh, hopefully this will be a good show and, and definitely excited about, you know, uh, discussing various things down the line as it relates to uh, fantasy sports. Yeah, and so I, I guess we can kind of give a quick overview, Ben, before we kind of hop into a little bit about our backgrounds and then our uh, topic for today, which is uh, MLB Showdown, which is a game type that you and I both uh, love very dearly. But um, so as I mentioned off the top, uh, the title of this podcast is going to be Fantasy What? And it's meant to be kind of a question. Um, and really, the name behind that is something that Ben and I worked on for a little bit. And really, what we want to accomplish on this podcast is is you know, in daily fantasy sports, the two things that Ben and I like the most is finding an edge and playing niche daily fantasy sports. So um, there's a ton of coverage out there for the big three sports. So NFL, NBA, MLB, but hardly any coverage about our, our favorite game types. So stuff like CFL, MLB showdown, which we'll get to a little bit tennis, which is a new offering from DraftKings. And that's really why we wanted to start this show and uh, really kind of talk about our love for the, you know, the games that are off the beaten path. So um, just a really quick thing, uh, Ben, I'll kind of mention something. And then I know that there was something you want to talk to about kind of hearing some uh, from some folks around the industry. Uh, but one thing that we want to kind of get out into the open is that this is not going to be a tout show. Um, I'd like to think that Ben and I are pretty decent DFS players. What would you say, Ben? We're probably what average to above average. Yeah, we're fine. You know, <laughs> certainly plenty of better folks and a lot of people that we chat with, you know, in the daily Roto Slack chat are, are incredibly sharp. Uh, and, and we try to add our, uh, our two cents when we can, but, uh, yeah, we're doing this mostly for entertainment, but you know, the, the goal I, I think out of this is to discuss, you know, like you said, those niche sports where people could could see some edge and and uh, maybe maybe it's not sexy like you know going after those hundred k uh, prize pools or um, you know even millionaire makers, but uh, it, I, I think it's a far more profitable uh, decision long term and something that people should be taking more advantage of. Quite frankly. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that a lot of people, like you mentioned, really get caught up in chasing those millionaire makers and those big GPPs in the main three sports. And really, with all of the information out there, uh, I won't say that it's easier to take those down, but your chances are definitely, um, I, I don't know if I would say increased, but I, I feel like there's more of a shot for you to take down like a really, really, really big prize pool in the big three sports. Um, rather than, you know, steadily grinding a profit uh, in the niche sports, because I, I would say that a lot of people aren't willing to go out and do the research or understand, you know, the nuances of scoring in some of these game types. And they're really just looking for someone to give them a cheat sheet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, something too, I, I guess I want to add about that is, you know, I, I'm, I'm not here to suggest that um, I've always been wonderful at game selection either. Um, you know, I, I started out playing a lot of those, uh, 
massive GPPs and, and still do from time to time, um, you know, if I have a good feel on things. But, um, you know, it's really only been somewhat recent um, that I've gotten into a lot of these niche sports and um, have seen the, the edge that it can provide. And um, quite frankly, it, it, it's just as interesting to tilt. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you're, obviously you're not going to be sweating out, you know, a 200k night or or be you know in the lead in a massive gpp or something um but it it, it brings it like it, you know a unique sweat um for sure and and as i you know get into my background a little bit i'll discuss um you know a little more about some of these niche uh sports sweats and kind of what what people can come to expect if they want to dip their toes into these uh into these waters and, and see what they're all about yeah, awesome, man. I, I know that I know a little bit about kind of how you came into DFS and kind of what your background is. So I'm excited to kind of chat with you a little bit more about that. But one quick thing before we hop in there, um, you know, we really want to make this podcast as interactive as possible. We want to include the entire daily fantasy niche sport community. Um, we know that there's a pretty fair amount of you out there that probably play these sports. Ben and I see you in the lobby all the time. Um, so we really want to grow this podcast and we want to hear from you. So, you know, if you're grinding a niche sport, if you're, you know, grinding MLB showdown on a day-to-day basis, if you're grinding CFL, MMA, some of these sports that, you know, are kind of off the beaten path. Um, and, you know, you want to discuss the nuances with, uh, you know, just two guys that play it regularly. We'd love to have you on the show. So you can either reach out to myself or Ben on Twitter and we can, you know, try to figure something out. I know that Ben and I have discussed a a couple of guys throughout the industry that we really want to have on the podcast and we're excited to kind of grow this thing. So um, with that being said, um, Ben, I think that this is a perfect place for us to kind of dive into your background a little bit. Uh, So if you want to kind of just talk to us a little bit about how you came into playing DFS, you know, what your goals are, all that fun stuff, um, you know, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, sure. So really, you know, how I came playing I I think just like a lot of folks you know played um season-long fantasy with friends and whatnot um uh, also played like many others uh in in DFS you know played poker uh in in college uh in high school even um and when poker kind of died down online poker that is um you know being able to leverage that uh, daily fantasy sports aspect and, and still do kind of the same things uh, for fun. Um, you know, I, I thought it would be a great time. I, I've probably been playing for the past three to four years, I want to say. Um, so definitely didn't get in around, you know, dra- draft street days. Um, kind of started when, when DraftKings and FanDuel got up and running. Uh, and, you know... <laughs> I think I started out um, playing kind of cash and GPP um, on a somewhat equal footing, maybe even more cash, uh, just because, you know, I I guess I had perceived it to be more of like a a reliable way to to grind. Um, But over the course of time, I mean, I I think I've kind of almost exclusively become a a GPP player, uh, although in, in these niche sports, uh, I've, I've grinded cash because I feel like there's a, a pretty massive edge there. Uh, and, and also with these uh, niche sports, you know, you can only get so much action um, by playing GPPs due to the, the limited offerings that uh, you've got to jump in some cash games as well. Uh, and then, 
as far as like my favorite sport, you know, it, it's funny. We've, we've been introduced to so many recently, right? Like even within the past month, I mean, uh, tennis through Wimbledon is on, is on the horizon. Um, NBA summer league, which, uh, I'm a complete hoop head, you know, I, I, I grew up in Indiana, so I've been playing basketball since I could walk and, uh, and, you know, and, and then ultimately covered, um, basketball from a recruiting perspective. So it's really neat to see, you know, I, I know a fair amount of these kids, um, uh, so that's been cool to just kind of see them grow and develop their own games. Um, but my favorite DFS sport, despite, you know, uh, lack of success over the past couple of weeks is tennis. Uh, and, and the main reason for that is you're never dead. Like these sweats are incredible. I mean, the other day, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, the, in, in the first round of Wimbledon, just as an example, uh, Mayer was playing Struff and, uh, Mayer w- was the favorite in the match. I think it was like 9K on DraftKings. And he got up two sets to love. And Struff just made this insane comeback and, and won in five sets. And it was like, if you're sitting there with, with Mayer, uh, <laughs> which I which I was. I was which you were. Yeah, I was, I was feeling super confident. And, and you know, it was, it was an awesome feeling. And, but, you know, some, some folks uh, that are, are pretty sharp were on Struff. And, and ultimately, you know, it, it seemed like that was a, a nice side to be on. But it was just sweet because, you know, especially with the Wimbledon um, leaderboard that they have, uh, it's just like every point is updated. And you're sitting there sweating you know, each and every point. I just thought that was awesome. Uh, and so that's probably my favorite uh niche sport. I mean, we'll, we'll get into, um, DFS MLB showdown here in a sec. Uh, and, and that's certainly awesome in its own right, but I would definitely say tennis, uh, just from a pure sweat standpoint, I, I think it's pretty sweet. How about yourself? Yeah, man. So I'll, I'll start out with tennis. I love tennis. Um, I think that the research process for tennis is very unique. Um, so I think that if you're willing to go out and kind of decipher all of the information out there, then there's a massive edge. So I've been grinding tennis, uh, over the past week or so pretty heavily, um, in terms of my background in DFS. So I think I started playing DFS during football season of 2014, I want to say. Um, so I deposited like 20 bucks on FanDuel really didn't know what the difference between, you know, cash and GPP was, was just kind of taking shots at some of the tournaments throughout the season. And then, uh, I actually noticed, uh, so I grew up, uh, I'm from North Carolina, but actually grew up playing hockey all of my life, which is very, very odd in itself. But, um, I saw that after, or once football season was rolling, that FanDuel also had an NHL product. And, uh, I was absolutely infatuated by that. So, uh, really jumped in and started grinding NHL, the, uh, the 2000, what would that be? 2014, 2015 season. Um, and then once football kind of came around, uh, once football kind of came around during the, uh, the 2015 year, I was kind of in on it at that point. The only thing that wasn't kind of ready was my bankroll being a college student. I really didn't have a lot of money to kind of throw at this every single week. But uh, I, I'd like to think that one of the things I kind of pride myself on is, is decent bankroll management. So I've always been kind of a cash game guy, really trying to grind out, you know, my 10 to 12% ROI over a season. Uh, I don't really kind of get enamored by the big prize pools, although I have taken my shots in the past. But, um, you know, 
was much like you, Ben, uh, played a little bit of online poker throughout college as well. And then once I got out kind of into the real world and had a little bit more disposable income from a, a big boy job, if you will, uh, I was able to kind of throw some more money and, uh, you know, make this, uh, you know, a profitable hobby, if you will. So, um, that's kind of my breakdown. As I mentioned, uh, I'm pretty much a cash game guy through and through, uh, Ben mentioned that he started playing more cash in the niche sports. I think that that's because he's been talking to me and I changed him from kind of being strictly a GPP guy into a cash guy. Um, so that's, you know, cash games are my preferred format. And then in terms of my favorite niche sport, um, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Ben Kramer and the folks at daily Roto. Uh, the CFL product is absolutely phenomenal. I've been playing CFL ever since it started back in 2016 and it has consistently been my best ROI and the most fun daily fantasy sport, in my opinion, to play. Um, so I'll always have a special place in my heart. Uh, the biggest heater that I've ever had, uh, Ben, which is kind of going to be a nice little segue into our topic of the show today, uh, is MLB Showdown. Um, so I discovered this game type very early on in this season, and uh, I noticed a couple of things that people were doing with their lineups that I thought was suboptimal. And uh, there was actually a period of time where I forego or, or forwent playing, excuse me, uh, classic MLB game types. And I strictly played showdown for about a month and a half. And to this date, it has still been my most profitable month in, uh, in, daily, in my time playing daily fantasy. So uh, Ben, I know that you and I kind of connected in the first place over our kind of love for this showdown game format. Um, for some of the people out there that may not have played showdown MLB on DraftKings before, do you mind kind of just giving them a quick snapshot of what roster construction looks like and uh, anything that you kind of want to add in about your time playing MLB Showdown? Yeah, definitely. So f- first off, I'll kind of piggyback on what you were saying with respect to jumping in at, at the, the very beginning. Um, like you said, that was a real big heater for both of us. And um, yeah, I think one of the, the things that's important about that, whether it's MLB Showdown or uh, one of these other types, is try it out kind of right away. Um, because that's, that's when I feel like you probably have a a solid edge or other people, maybe you don't have an edge right away, but the established professionals, uh, for example, haven't, haven't gotten, you know, they're also experimenting with things. Right. So I think that's what we noticed straight off the, the hop was like, wow, there are a lot of people playing things suboptimally. Uh, and, and I think we can really be taking advantage of this. So in terms of roster construction, uh, especially for cash, you know, looking towards the uh, starting pitchers makes the most sense. Obviously, they're the most um, expensive. However, uh, you know, in some cases, I guess that's not true. Uh, you know, if there's, a, <laughs> if there's a high over under or um, there's a spot starter, uh, what have you. But just taking things from like a, a macro perspective, you've got a guy like Mike Trout, who's obviously incredibly dominant and, and such a wonderful player. But, you know, for, for even the best players in the game, they're going to get a hit like one out of every uh, three times they come up to bat. So y- y- you've got that for the same price as you have starting pitching that uh, can at worst probably get you, you know, four innings pitched, uh, a couple of strikeouts, maybe give up a few earned runs, but they're going to be positive 
Whereas, uh, you know, some of these hitters, you're going to pay top dollar for them. And they're going to give you a, a goose egg. And that was something we definitely realized at the beginning, like, wow, people are just not playing pitchers. We would get pitchers and maybe we were running hot at the beginning, but we were getting pitchers that were, you know, getting 18, 24, 26 <laughs> fantasy points. And they had maybe a hitter that would get like a single or, or like a single right. stolen base and get eight points. And, and you're just so far out ahead. Um, and then additionally, you know, taking, taking into consideration like a road team, you know, trying to maximize those plate appearances, getting people up higher in the order, uh, things of that nature. And then also uh, something that, that uh, I, I've come <laughs> to, to diagnose a little bit more, but people would use relievers. And the thing with relievers was, you know, we weren't even sure if they were going to play. It's just t- say you took a role this Ch- Chapman, which a lot of folks did, uh, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that he was going to come in. You know, if it wasn't a safe situation, maybe he wasn't going to pitch at all and you were going to take a zero. Um, now that we've kind of, now that the game type has matured a little bit, I think uh, something that, that I've come to realize a little bit more, especially as it pertains to GPPs, it's like if there are expensive bats that are worth paying up for, maybe you do step in and take a reliever to allow yourself to go from like a Christian Vasquez to a Mookie Betts or exactly and really upgrade there. Um, but it, it, it's a fine line in, in doing that because it, there is that non-zero chance that they're they're not going to get in. Um, it, it, and then lastly, and, and this this isn't so much showdown specific, but it's something that we noticed um, is just in general, like uh, in each person has to make their own determination by looking at results to understand how they do against uh, various uh, buy-in levels. But it's like the higher you get in buy-in level, not only is the rate going to go down after you hit um, a certain uh, threshold, but also, you know, in, in many cases, we weren't seeing a change in win rate. You know, we, it, it, was, it was constant, uh, it, even into those higher levels. And so you start thinking about it, it's like, okay, well, you know, instead of playing a bunch of $1 games, you know, $2 <laughs> games, $3 games, whatever, you know, bump that up a bit and, and you're just really going to succeed uh, at even a faster rate. Uh, and so that's been something that uh, we've had a lot of fun with in MLB Showdown and uh, definitely looking forward kind of to continuing it uh, in addition to all these other niche sports that we uh, now have in our arsenal. Yeah, for sure. So one thing that I kind of want to dive into, Ben, is um, so you mentioned the kind of the reliever strategy. And I know that you and I were strictly team no reliever for a very long time. Um, but we kind of took a look at our process here recently and really evaluated and said, hey, you know, if there's, you know, if, if we're looking at our betting line favorites and there's a, a minus 180 to a minus 300 favorite, there's probably a pretty good chance that the reliever is going to come in and have an opportunity to accrue fantasy points. So I, I think one of the things that's really important with those relievers is that you're correlating them with your starting pitchers. So, you know, if you're pitching, you know, Clayton Kershaw, you want to make sure that you have Kenley Jansen behind uh, in kind of stacking them to make sure that you're correlated, whether that's if you want to take a shot in cash 
or, you know, definitely in GPP for that correlation, because oftentimes what I'll see, and I don't know the viability of this yet, but uh, I know you sometimes have seen it in the games that you've played in, but I, I don't know how you feel about the potential for using two relievers in a lineup because we've, uh, we've kind of seen that in the past and I would have to go back and really dig into the data to determine the viability of that. But from a surface level, unless you're playing like maybe a setup man from another team and then the closer from one team, I don't really see how playing two relievers and two starting pitchers is very optimal. Uh, what do you think about that, Ben? I know that you've noticed that a lot more than, uh, than I have. Yeah, the, the two reliever uh, situation is something I definitely struggle with because I, I think then that that just really uh, starts to you, you start to really thin out your overall lineup. I mean, you're you're hoping both of them get in then. Um, the one thing I will say about that and, and you briefly touched on it is like there are some guys around the league that are just super consistent uh, that'll pitch like the seventh inning. Uh, and um, the Red Sox actually have a guy blanking on his name right now who's very consistent about pitching, you know, seventh inning and, and getting that. And um, obviously he's not going to get you the win and get those five points, but um, if he comes in and, and gets a couple strikeouts, uh, doesn't give up, you know, any earned runs, and even if he gives up a few hits, I mean, he's still, say he gets a couple of Ks uh, with, with the increased strikeout count for showdown MLB uh, for relievers I mean he he's going to be able to get you know six seven eight points which for 2.3 K or whatever it is um, yeah. for his salary and if he allows you to go get a Mookie Betts and a JD Martinez for example um, right that, that's a decent setup there I have <laughs> I haven't delved into it too much recently just because I've been <laughs> so um I, I've been so enthralled with uh, with this Wimbledon tennis stuff, the NBA Summer League, which is off to an insanely hot start. And uh, like you said, the immense shout out to uh, Ben Kramer and the Daily Roto CFL team because um, they've act, <laughs> absolutely taken the industry by storm and, and just dominated. So it, it's hard to, <laughs> hard to stay away from those games. Oh, yeah. Uh, but with MLB Showdown, you know, going two relievers is – is something that I, I just can't get comfortable with. Um, but, you know, I've, I've seen it used uh, probably to varying uh, levels of success. And um, it's something I need to dig into a, a bit more, but I'm not personally in favor of that move right now. Yeah, and I think that for right now, until we get some more concrete data on it, I definitely think that it's more of a tournament strategy than a cash strategy. Um, I, I would definitely say that if there's one thing for our listeners to kind of take away from this, Ben, is that playing both starting pitchers and cash games is about optimal. What would you say, about 98% of the time? Yeah, I was just going to say uh, almost all the time. Uh, obviously, there are going to be situations Particularly, uh, you take a look at like a core slate um, where right. the over under is twelve or eleven and a half, and um, it, it, that just isn't viable. Um, but in a lot of these situations, even with like an insanely expensive, you know, twenty one k Max Scherzer, which we've seen, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so he's taking up forty percent of your allotted salary, but he's going to go out and get you. you know, he he has a floor of like twenty, what twenty five, twenty six points. Yeah, I mean, his floor is essentially one x yeah. already. Exactly, like. and so there are just some ways. It's like 
okay, maybe you have to, maybe you have to sacrifice. Maybe, maybe those are the slates where using using a reliever is is a wise decision. Um, particularly if you think yeah. Max is going to get the win, which uh, he hasn't been too successful yeah. uh, in in doing <laughs> recently, given the the Nationals uh, the, the Nationals offensive performance during his starts. But um, you know, if you think he's going to go pitch, you know, seven inning shutout ball. And you can go ahead and, and pair that with the Nats closer and that setup guy. Maybe that makes some sense if it allows you to get in a Trey Turner, if it allows you to get a, a Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, something like that, that that gives your your lineup a little bit more upside. Yeah, Trey Turner and Bryce Harper, two of our favorite MLB showdown fades yeah. of all time. Yeah, so that uh, th- that's produced some incredibly tilting experiences for both of us. Um, yeah, but but at the same time, uh, we we've also been uh, big fans of Trey. You know, he he's done well for us. Oh, yeah. uh, as well, he he's he's been one of the biggest fades as well as uh, w- one of the biggest heroes. And so, yeah, it's it's very funny how it works. You know day by day it's like you, you might be totally fading one guy uh that's 80 percent owned and, and almost everybody in the industry is on him uh but the way that we play is just different and so we're not and then the next night uh we might be on that guy again and so uh it's it, it's funny how it all works out yeah for sure man um so i think that that's about all we have uh for today in terms of you know discussing in a niche sport. Uh, I hope that everybody was kind of able to glean something about MLB showdown. I know that there's not necessarily been a whole lot of information out there regarding showdown. So we hope that you guys can take away uh, a little bit of what we talked about today and uh, kind of use it. And uh, you know, hopefully there's a little bit more profit coming your way, but uh, I think that that's going to do it for our very first episode, Ben. Uh, we made it with uh, hardly any stops, so I think that that's a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the one last thing I'm going to point out about MLB Showdown while we're kind of spotlighting that here is keep track of your results and understand who you're playing and, and how well you're doing against those individuals. I mean, even though we started out really hot, uh, we noticed that there were some folks – uh, around the the lobby who were also employing the same strategy that we were and at the end of the day all i was doing was emailing back DraftKings saying hey can you refund the can you <laughs> refund the rate because we had the same lineup and after like four or five days of it literally being the exact same lineup uh, and head-to-heads it was like okay well they're employing the same strategy as as i am and so uh why don't i go ahead and, and block them and um you know, j- just kind of move on and fight other battles. And so th- that's one thing I would definitely suggest with anyone that's trying these out is look back through your results and understand who you're playing well against. Maybe you identify them uh, and, and can scoop can scoop some games uh, and understand who you're, you're not doing super well against or you're just matching them day after day. And uh, it's just not worth e- dealing with emailing and DraftKings to get the rake. Right. Uh, so... That would be kind of my lasting uh, piece of advice on MLB Showdown specifically. Yeah, and I, I think that that definitely applies more frequently in these niche sports that you and I are going to be kind of diving into on this podcast. Um, there's always going to be a seemingly, or yeah, I, I would say a seemingly end- endless ecosystem of people playing cash games in MLB and MLB Classic and NBA and NFL, but. For these niche sports, uh, a lot of the times you're going to see a lot of the same names in the lobby, 
and you really have to understand how you're performing uh, against them over the long term and decide if playing them head to head is is really worth it or if you should kind of be focusing more of your cash game allocation towards those 50 50s and double ups and triple ups um because you're you know over the long run your roi might be higher there if, if your process is good than you know just playing the same person with a 2v2 or a 1v1 the entire time yeah, absolutely no you hit the nail on the head there perfect all right well i think that that's going to do it for the very first episode of the fantasy what podcast um we thank you guys for listening uh be sure to subscribe rate and review us on itunes um we'd really appreciate it as we kind of help get this show off of the ground we hope to uh, you know line up some some pretty great guests for you uh people who are playing these niche sports all throughout the industry to come on and kind of give us some insights into their process and how they see these niche sports really growing um please follow myself on twitter at john underscore t underscore susa and you can follow ben at b Wexelman, that's W-E-I-X-L-M-A-N-N. And we'll be back soon with another edition of the Fantasy What Podcast. Thanks for joining us.